Romans chapter 12. I will read uh, just one verse to start us off. Uh, there are so many things that God would like us to learn from His Word. And the more we pay attention to those things, the better we become uh, as Christians. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, there are so many things that Apostle Paul was reinforcing in the heart of the believers. So many things. Uh, we started out with sacrifice, that you must offer sacrifice. And your sacrifice must be God's. It must be offered in holiness. Uh, as part of that, he also talked about transformation. You must be changed. You must be transformed. He also talked about having clear knowledge of the gift that you bring to church. Uh, you do have a gift. He talks about faithfulness and service. But here's one piece that we want to focus on in verse 9. Romans 12, verse 9. I'll read from here. Let love be without underscore. All right. Um, I don't know the kind of version of the Bible you have, um, but if you have any of that version, help me read just that first verse, uh, first section of verse uh, 9. Uh huh. Okay. Love must be sincere and what? Active. So love, love must be sincere and active. The love must be a real thing without God and hypocrisy. Love must be active. Love must be real. It must be without hypocrisy. You can't do this with love. You can't put your fingers and put masks on with love. You can't do masquerade with love. Let love be without hypocrisy. Oh, say anything that is evil, hate it with passion. Anything that is good, like it. Now, let's go back to King James Version, which usually is almost, you know, people tend to be confused about the way it presents it. It says, let love be without dissimulation. Okay, let's stop there. The only thing we want to talk about today is sincere love. What is dissimulation? You're deceiving, and yet you are simulating or acting as if you love. Let love be without dissimulation. Let love be without dissimulation. Love is very easy to say, to talk about. Many people here, they will write letters, and the bottom of their letter, they will say, sincerely, Yes, and they'll put their name in it. It's a signature. But there is more to the signature. You're saying, sincerely, from my heart, with all honesty, without hypocrisy, the person that is sending this letter to you is the name that you see here. 
Now, what Bible and Apostle Paul is encouraging us is when you love somebody, you must love them sincerely. You must love them with all your heart. It must be active love, not passive love. I love them just because they love me. It's a reciprocating love, but that is not a complete love. Love without hypocrisy. Dissimulation means hiding what you are, but you are pretending to be what you are not. So let's now put it together. Again, let me define it. Dissimulation there means hiding who you are and what you are. You're hiding it. And then you are pretending to be who you are not. So I will rephrase Romans chapter 12 verse 9. When anybody sitting here in this church right now will love somebody. Let your love be without this. Don't pretend to be who you are. Act exactly as who you are. Don't pretend that you love somebody. Love them. Don't pretend that you care about somebody. Care about them. We sing a song in church and the reason why people actually love to come to church is because they are easy to believe that the church must be a family of God. And by definition, family is the smallest unit of the society. We sing this song. I love this family of God so closely knitted into one they have taken me into their hands and I'm so glad to be a part of this great family but the premise is I love this family of God, you must be loved if you want to really say you are a Christian. Love now is sold 17 cents, 10 cents. In fact, before you know it, love now is just nothing. We have reduced the value of love from great thing to nothing. If at all we're going to leave this church today, we must make a commitment to not love with hypocrisy, to not love with high service, to not love so that people will think that you love. I'm glad that I can see you this morning. I'm glad that you made it to church this morning. It is because you love God and you're showing your love by coming to serve God. Don't let your love be with hypocrisy. I want to show us two examples in the Bible so that we can learn what hypocrisy can be, what dissimulation can be. Perhaps you've studied this in the Bible. Second Samuel chapter 20 from verse 8. I want us to read this story. Second Samuel 20 from verse 8. We're just going to read three verses there. Please listen to this story very carefully. Maybe you've seen it played before. But here is what we're going to identify. 
So David wanted something done. He ordered people to go do it. He was the king. Joab was the nephew to David. He was the general of David. He was the one that carried the sword. He was the one that would execute a lot of things. So something happened. Now from verse 8. When they were at the great stone, which is in Gibeon, these were people that, you know, King David already sent out. Amasa, Amasa was a guy that was also working for David. He knew Joab very well. Very well. Amasa was an officer as well in the kingdom of Israel. So Amasa went before them ahead of everybody to get to Gibeon. And Joab's garment that he had put on had sword. He had his clothes, military uniform, if you're reading other versions. Joab was wearing a military uniform, but he had sword as part of himself. He guarded himself with the loins, and he had sword in there. Verse 9. This is where I want us to pay attention. 2 Samuel 20, verse 9. And Joab said to Amasa, Are you doing well? Are you awesome? Are you fabulous today? Is everything okay? You look great. You know, Americans smile. Just do like this. How are you doing? How is everything going with you? My brother. Pay attention to the word. Joab, nephew of David, a general in the kingdom, spoke to Amasa. Also an officer, also a leader. In fact, David sent a master ahead of time, but he was delayed. Oh, when he saw him, oh, my brother, how are you doing? In fact, listen to what happened next. Joab took a master by the beard. So it must be a man that has grown a lot of beard. And he wanted to kiss him. Oh, my brother, God bless you. And then something happened. What did he do? As he drew him close to give him a big hug, a brotherly hug, he reached out to the sword in his hand and stabbed him right in the stomach. So much so that he tore his entire stomach. And scripture says his entrails, his bowels, his intestines, everything fell out. That the man died on the spot. He didn't have to stab him second time. are you doing my brother not knowing that he had a sword he stabbed him in the stomach and ripped his bowel destroyed everything inside of him and the man fell down once in front of everybody and he didn't have to stab him twice thinking about that, right? And somebody wants to say, oh, my brother, how are you doing? But you have no idea the sword in their loins and the sword in their waist. Are you that brother that acts like Joab? This is not brotherly love. He said, my brother, how are you doing? Are you in health? Can you imagine you'll be disturbed? Someone that tells you, how are you doing? How is the family? How is everything? 
Then the next day, he saw it in your stomach. You know, sometimes we worry about things stabbed at the back. people. When you love people, sometimes you will hit your head on the wall. 
doing this again? As servants of God, as children of God, as believers that go to church every Sunday or every now and then, we commend ourselves in every way. We commend, we exalt, we would like you to do these things. By great endurance. Oh, you must endure. In afflictions. In trouble, yes. 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 Beatings. Imprisonments. Riots. Labors. Sometimes you will not sleep. Oh, you'll be hungry. Now, by purity in what you do, let everything you do be pure, right? Yes. By knowledge, demonstrate your knowledge. Patience, kindness, Holy Spirit. Okay, now, by genuine love, you must be a Christian. You must be a minister. You must be a servant. You must be just an ordinary Christian. Because many times we put all these titles around the name and then we think, well, I'm not that. But what you are is a Christian. By genuine love, you must be a Christian. I must love everybody. Oh, well, there are some people that are unlovable. I get it. But by unlovable, I mean it's not convenient for me to love them. It does not mean they are not loving. The Bible says, for God himself loves the entire world. Do you think God does not know that you and I are super mean? Does God not know that you and I, we do stuff we want to do regardless? Does it not mean that God being Knows all things, and yet his mercies are new every morning. It's not going to let his blessings to stop flowing to us because he's a God of providence. So, for God so loved the world, he still had to sacrifice his son. He didn't have to do that. The song says, How can it be that my God will die for me? It does not make sense. God will have to sacrifice and make an elaborate arrangement but because of love. Now, there are some people that are tough to love. But yes, they're very tough. But you must love them. Zach, must you not love everybody? Regardless, whether they're nice. What if they're strong-headed? What if they're stubborn? What if they don't like you back? What if they do not care about you at all? What if they seek about you. Should you not love them? You must love them. We must love them. But you say, well, it's easy to preach in church, but here's the one thing. Forget about preaching in the church. I'm talking about living it every day. Oh, Jesus, while they were beating him, slapping him, kicking him, and doing all the things, he was still saying, Father, I know they don't know what they're doing. And what? Is that what you're going to pray when you're praying? Lord, they don't know what they're doing and they're slapping me. They don't know what they're doing. They're really punishing me. And yet they say, Father, forgive them because in the higher understanding of things, they don't know what they're talking about. That is love. Don't you think Jesus was under pressure when they were beating him? If I think about it this way, they asked Jesus literally to 
carry his own coffin. They ask him to carry his own cross. And think of it. There's a proverb that says, if a tree cannot hold you when you jump on it, when it falls on you, it cannot really be too much pressure. They put this plank on Jesus to carry. And that plank was tall enough so that by the time they put Jesus on it, it could bear his weight. That was what he was carrying. And while he was carrying that, they put on on his head. Remember, on your head you have nerves. And they pressured that and they were lashing him so much that he was bleeding so much. And yet, he was saying, Lord, they don't know what they are doing. Are you kidding me? They really don't know what they are doing? Was that not the time you will pray, Father, everyone, especially that brother in church that has been terrorizing me, if possible, I don't want to kill him completely, just paralyze him, just make him not to see me again, let him lose his job, let him not come to church again, let trouble, you pray all those prayers. You make him look Christianly. Lord, I don't want him to die, I just don't want him to leave. Then what's the prayer you're praying? Yeah. Oh, that my in-law. Oh, that my cousin. Oh, that my brother that has done me evil. The book of Philemon is a letter that I would like for us to study one day. It's a very short letter. The Bible says, and Paul wrote to Philemon. He says, my brother, Onesimus was your servant. He escaped. He stole your money. But now he's in jail with me. But now he's a Christian. I said, I beg you in the name of God, by the powers of mercies, please take him like as if you are taking me. I know you respect me. If I command you to take him, you will take him. But I beg you in the name of God, forgive him. Say, he has done you so much bad, but please take him for he has been a good vessel for me in prison. And that's the entire Philemon, the book of Philemon. He says, he has come back to you now. He must be a good vessel. If he owes you anything, I will pay you out of my pocket. I'm in jail right now. I know you may not think of it, but please prepare a room for me. I'm coming back with the expectation I'll be released. However, he died in that prison. But that was the letter to Philemon saying, Onesimus has done you bad. But take him back. Forgive him. That's the book of Philemon. That is Oh, someone stole your money before and now he comes back to church? In fact, to your house? The first thing you say, ah, one second, 911. You say, well, yeah, is a thief confirmed? Yes. Where is he? Located on my property. I, do you have visual? Yes, I do. And then you tell him, okay, yeah, you're on your way. Thank you very much. Hey, brother, how you doing? Want to have a seat? Juice or ice cream? You have to make them comfortable so that police will come and tie. And by the time they come, you say, ah, I did not know. So the cops came here. Who called the cops? And of course, you are very smart enough that on your phone, there is some edit button to delete the last call. So you say, to God who made me, I did not know about this. Ah, well, yeah, to God who made you. talking about the God of lies and the God of deception. Love, we must learn to forgive. Love must be without. You cannot be hiding it. Is it easy to love? You are not going to love people easily. 
you want. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. There's a letter of Paul to Timothy, a young man that became saved and became a servant. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. If you're there, you can help me read. Remember, sincere love is what we're talking about today. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. If you're there, please read. If you have it on your phone or anything, that's fine. And it says, the end of the commandment is love. And we read that during the Sunday school as well. It says, but the greatest of the commandment is this, the premise upon which all the laws are built is love. It says, love out of a pure heart. Okay. If you look at anybody here, you can't see their heart. But do you think everybody has a pure heart? But the Bible is asking us, we must have pure heart. What does that mean to have a pure heart? You cannot think of, I cannot, I should not, I will not think evil of evil. I must always think of great and good things. Sometimes you're going to punch me in the face and I'll be like, oh my God, I got to punch her back. But Lord, I cannot have evil in my heart. Of course, I'll probably punch you first. <laughs> because I want to quickly get the anger out of my system. But I say, God, I cannot hold this. Help me. Hopefully you're not going to do with another jab. But you must not let evil take residence in your heart. Pure heart. Oh, sometimes this door, I wish God does not put meter that reads our heart when we step in through this door. Because this door can testify a lot. Say, so, oh yeah, and on that day he opened the door and he came in and prayed all these prayers and at the same time he has all these in his heart. Doesn't mean you shouldn't come to church. Out of pure heart. First John chapter 3 verse 18. Sincere love. There is no church without love. You can have a thousand strong churches. Useless. Their service is just noise making. Without love. First John chapter 3. 3 from verse 18. Little children. Ah, okay. So this is what's going to take us a bit of time to really study in a few minutes as we can. Don't let us love people in words. You know, one thing that my wife stressed me and taught me was, when I say stress, it means I was from a village. And she'll be like, I want to hear it every time that you say I love you. Oh, God. It was like they're going to remove every pain, like pulling my shoes and somebody trying to pull my hair. I'd be like, you know that already? You know, yeah. uh, like, you know, like, say it. It's like they're going to pull my tongue. I'm like, Jesus, help me. Seriously, I was like, don't you know? Is it not obvious? Like, is there any other thing that I do that I do not love you? Is there? I mean, why do you want to hear? Say, I want to hear. And I would say, yeah. Roll your eye. And I say, yeah, I've not heard it. And I'm like, okay, so you've not heard it. What does that really mean? It means a lot. Especially men. Learn to tell your wife you love your wife. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a lot of trouble. 
angel who served us that came from very sophisticated continents. <laughs> Amen. But sincerely, learn to tell your wife you love your wife. And also, wife, tell your husband you love your husband. Because there are so many skinny, tight-looking, other-looking people there that will tell your spouse the same thing, and your spouse will think that is more important. 